glory. Giving God the highest praises to Bishop Jackson. Pastor Whitesides, it's a blessing to see you. Lady Jackson, I thank God for you. Elder Stowe, Elder Hoskins, my brothers in Christ, y'all don't know how much y'all mean to me. And I thank God for how the word of God through you has been a blessing to me over the years. I bless God for the giftings in you. To our musicians who are hardly ever recognized, we thank you so much. We thank God for you surrendering yourselves to him that the anointing might flow through you, that you build us up on so many occasions. We thank you. I bless God for this day and so many times as we go on our daily course, we forget to remind our brothers and sisters of how much we love them. And tabernacle of praise, I bless God for you. I thank God for you. I've heard recently on a Christian radio station, someone posed a question. If you know, knew you only had five more days to live, what would you do? And so many responded. I would tell the people close to me that I love them. And it's sad that we don't do that on a daily basis. It's sad that we don't do that. But I know through many of your actions that you love me. Through your smile, through your warm embrace, I know you love me. And I bless God for you. Bear with me as I take time to continue to hear the Spirit of the Lord as He allows His ministering angel to speak to me that I may speak to you a word of encouragement a word that will convict you to godly repentance a word that will stir up the giftings inside of you because the Holy Spirit has gifted you with gifts that need to be stirred up. Not just for this body, but the entire body of Christ. Since we use so many electronic means of communication. As someone shares with someone else across the country, or someone happens to ask to, be, to friend you on Facebook, maybe your gift 
will be just what they need not to give up. The gift in you may just be what they need to stir up a feeling that they can go on. The gift in you may bring about salvation to those who are lost. The gifts in you may very well restore that one that's lost. That one that feels like they've done so much against the body that they can't be saved. Continue to allow God to stir up the giftings in you. It may be on your job. It may be in the grocery store. It may be your neighbor. It may be an acquaintance. Allow God to use you for his glory. Hallelujah. I thank God again for you and so much for his spirit <laughs> living on the inside of me. And on those days when I'm too quick to speak and know that what I spoke didn't honor God. The Holy Spirit quickens me and brings me quickly to a godly repentance. That even the person that may have been wrong, I must go back to and ask their forgiveness and remind them of who I am in the Lord. And I can't act like that. And honor my God. We bless the Lord. For how God has been ministering to us in this house. And on last Sunday. As Bishop. told us, reminded us that we need the fire of God. I know that word resonated in a lot of your lives over this week. And as he spoke, oh, I kept hearing in my spirit was flame the fire, fan the fire, fan that fire. We have to fan the fire of God. So that the embers won't go out. So that it can burn up those things that are not like him. And I believe God has more to come from Bishop with that, because we need a little more of that, and I didn't want to touch that, but I wanted to be mindful and to thank God that it was such a sweet word in my soul. And as God used him to pray for those who needed a healing, I didn't stand in line, but I received the healing of God in my life. Even before that, I was believing 
and speaking to God for the manifestation of the healing in my body. That he would be glorified. And when the praise went forth with such power, I didn't want the rocks to cry out for me. Regardless of the pain. I had to go forth in praise knowing that that praise was going to bring forth a change in my life. Not just mine, but in the lives of everyone in this house. In the lives of those you were standing in proxy for. I thank God that we're a body of Christ who prays. It's a blessing. There is a word from the Lord today. (sighs) But, you know, God knew who was going to be here. And this one needed that, and that one needed the other, and that one needs something else. So... I always pray that he will feed everybody. I want to take time to bless the women of God on this Women's Day program. I thank God for you. So many of you are so special to me. I appreciate you. And I love my sisters that that just don't mind saying what's on their mind because I don't have to wonder about that thing. (laughs) Glory be to God. I love it. (laughs) Love it. I praise God for those that are so meek and humble that you wouldn't realize they were there. Except you see the joy of the Lord shining on them, coming forth, blessing the body. Ladies, I love you, and we're going to go forth. Jesus. Our scripture, our text will be taken from Matthew 6. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. And if you got a pen, you might want to write some things down, because however the Lord directs us, that's the way I will be going. After the fire, people who've experienced a great fire that consumes everything around them. They find them saying, find themselves saying, what now? What do I do now? And I believe this is what God would have them do. Matthew 6, verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. I thank God for how he directed me, how he, through the Holy Spirit, directed me in the word. And chapter 6 
is a blessing. All of God's word is a blessing. But just before the scripture that I just read, there comes questions of There comes instructions first of how we give alms. If we give alms, we shouldn't boast about it. We give our gift, we shouldn't run around telling anybody, well, I gave such and such and so and so. Not if we want God to reward us openly. When we pray, we shouldn't pray asking the same things over and over and over. We should come to a place where we stand on the word, we believe God, and we go forth in a praise, thanking him for answering our prayer. When we fast, we shouldn't go around looking like we're fasting. Oh, woe is me. I ain't had nothing to eat. I'm fasting. We don't need to be telling folk that. What we do in secret as far as praying, giving our alms, if we do it in secret, the word of God says he rewards us openly. And when we go forth in our fast, we're supposed to comb our hair, wash our face, and look dignified. Not like God whooping something out of us. It should be a joyful way to express how much we need God in our lives. How much we need his direction. And when we read in Matthew 6 and come down to verse 33, let's uh, go back to verse 31. It says, therefore, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or whether all shall we be clothed? For all these things do Gentiles seek, for their heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. I know sometimes we go through so many different things and after the fire, if we were actually in that place where we lost our home and we lost all of our belongings and we lost maybe even some loved ones, At first, it might unnerve us. At first, it might shake us and, and make us cry. Because there's nothing wrong with grieving. But in the process of grieving, we have to come to a place where we start speaking to God and saying, I trust you. I need you, God. And as Sister Gordon said earlier, I've been, I know what you're talking about, those people who think they control everything. Those people who want to manipulate and, 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 and try to orchestrate all kind of manner of, of distress in the lives of people around them. 
it's hard for me when they tell me that they are a child of God to think about, oh, Lord, they're a child of God. But they want to control everything. And that's when God allows the Holy Spirit to minister to me. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Knowing that if I go forth praying and believing, trusting God to do a work in them, that even though some of their characteristics aren't showing salvation and they need the fire to be fanned a little bit more and burn up some stuff, that they are still my brother or sister in the Lord. And now I need to love them. And that I need to remember my shortcomings. And now I need to say, oh, Lord, thank you. I don't have to deal with that. Today, I would like to use for a thought being diligent in our search. We know that Hebrews 6, Hebrews 11 and 6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. We must be diligent in our search for God. Not just for ourselves, but mostly for unbelievers. God knows what we have need of. He knows what the unbeliever has need of as well. But he's, gonna, he's already promised that he's going to take care of us. He needs to turn his focus to those that are yet. To receive him. We need to turn our focus to those that have yet to receive him. It's so wonderful when we encourage each other, but what about those that are still lost? It's good that we can go to the mountaintop. And that we can praise God in a spirit of unity. But what about those that are lost? One of my favorite passages of scripture is in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And when people come to me, looking for counsel, I direct them. Mostly that's where I direct them because if they're distraught and they need to be built up, they need to be reminded, never give up. Some of us have had people in our lives that we ministered to, that, that we pulled on, and that we prayed for, and that we cast on the altar, believing we were going to leave them there. We pick them back up, and we put them there, and we lift them back up. Not because we don't believe but because sometimes their actions are such that we feel like we need to help God. But, Matthew 6, 33 says, 
that if we seek God first, he'll do the rest. As I was asking, praying, believing God for a word for this house for today, he reminded me of some things. First of all, he, re, he asked me to look up diligent. Diligent is, a, is characterized in being steady, earnest, energetic effort. In a, it's a character of being steady in an earnest and energetic effort. A painstaking worker. It's easy for him. And as I sought the Lord as to what he would have us minister, he reminded me during, after the fire, and we've said, now what? And we start to go through the rubble, diligently looking for things that we may have lost, looking for that, you know, that picture and looking for, oh my God, uh, I wonder if, if my ring made it because I took it off near the sink and I, I don't know and I'll pick through and I'll try to find that. And, and if that didn't make it, well, I need my keys, Lord. I, I got to look. I got to find my keys. I can't drive my car if I don't find my keys. Oh, Lord, I need my medicine. Drugs don't burn up too. Oh my God. <laughs> they don't have any medicine. I wonder if I can find that pill or bring my high blood pressure down. I wonder if I can find that, that needle that I need to stick myself with insulin so, so my sugar don't rise up too high. So I don't get dizzy and weak. Lord, uh, I got to diligently pick through it and find what I need, Lord. And then, when you get good and tired, the Holy Ghost remind you, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. <laughs> But, you know, I really need that policy. I don't even know how to call a, my insurance company. I really need, oh, my God, my dog. I miss my dog. I can't find my dog. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit took me to Luke. 15, and how Jesus, even though he's commissioned us to minister to those who are lost, Jesus will always look for that lost sheep. So when you've done all you can do and you come to your own self like the prodigal son <laughs> and realize this is bigger than you. You don't have enough time in the day to deal with that person. There's not enough time in the day for you to keep running over there, fooling with them in their foolishness. There's not enough time in the day for after you deal with them in their foolishness, for you to have to go home and have to build yourself up because of what they put you through. 
But if you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, God will go after that lost one. He'll leave all of us, the 99, and go find the lost one and bring them home. Bring them in. Save them. He'll do what we can't do. But we have to continue to stand in faith, knowing that he's able, that he will, that he has an appointed time, that he's omnipresent and omniscient. He's present everywhere at all times. He knows all things. He knows how to get to them. He can tell them what they did in the past few seconds that you don't know about because he has released that information to you so that you can be a part of bringing them in to salvation. In Luke 15, I was reminded of the lady who lost a coin. She had 15 silver coins. She lost one. Ladies, we know. Men, too. Sometimes when you lose something, you just everywhere. Everywhere. Looking, looking, looking. And when you finally find it, you might have to repent because you, you, you sort of accuse so-and-so of taking it. Somebody told me I took their socks. I'm saying, but you a man. What I need your socks for? If you would help more around the house, I wouldn't have to put your socks in the bag with the clothes pins and forget that's where I put them. Sometimes things are lost for, so that, and, and you know, if we sit down and get in peace after we seek God, he'll play, bring us to a place of peace. Yep, that's it. Show us where we left it. Show us where we lost it. And sometimes he might not do it right away because... He want to bring us to a place of godly repentance when we do get it back. <laughs> and all it is, it's working together for our good. The call. But the thing, the most, one of the thing that, that came forth from these scriptures so much for me that just became rhema for me was that once the items, the sheep or the coin was found, once that wayward son, the prodigal son, came back home, those who lost them say, let's rejoice. Come, let's have a party. We need to rejoice with each other. I thank God for how Habitat is allowing some of our members to receive new homes. I rejoice with them. I work a lot on those Saturdays, so I'm not able to be there because I heard that you should be there for the entire duration of that working period. Oh, that's what he said when he came for the meeting. 
Well, maybe I can, can you know, work around that because I want to rejoice with my brothers and sisters as God bless them. But I want to be in order. <laughs> Somebody told me, oh, I found $100. I say, well, did you find it somewhere where you would know where to take it back? No, it was just rolling down the sidewalk. That's yours, baby. <laughs> I praise God with you. <laughs> it wasn't in the store. It wasn't in somebody's wallet. It wasn't at somebody's house outside the door. So we rejoiced together. Because <laughs> we didn't know who to give it to. So it's there. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for being a provider. <laughs> As we seek God and his righteousness, knowing all things will be added unto us, oh, my God, we go forth with a mighty praise. Because we know that he's allowing our bodies to be attacked for a reason. We know that it's going to work out for our good and as most of all his glory. We know that we have an advocate. Praying on my behalf. We know. Hallelujah. That when Jesus went to the cross. He knew what we were going to go through. He knew we were going to have that bout with cancer. He knew that we were going to have that bout with alcohol. He knew that we were going to have that bout with drugs. But he went anyway. Because he loves us. So what should we do? Seek him first and his righteousness, knowing all things will be added unto us because of our faithfulness, because of our obedience. And it's not a hard road. It's an easy road. Being in sin was Awful. The word speaks about it being like having a yoke on an ox neck. That thing is heavy. When you were in sin, when I was in sin, I didn't know which way to turn, didn't know to seek God. But now, oh my God. God, because he dared to call me his child, because he dared to call us the apple of his eye, because he dared to choose us, because he dared to come to that low place where we were and pull us out with the blood of the lamb cleansing us from all unrighteousness making us right with him giving us and the Holy Spirit a friend somebody who's there through thick and thin somebody to touch and agree with in times of trouble when you don't know what to do because you don't even know what's happening because that thing is too high for you and God has reminded you it's too high for you so leave it in my hands I got this yeah. 
We got to remember to always seek God first. I thank God for having friends, for having sisters I can go and be my prayer partner with. But sometimes you got to go to God first because you don't want your mind clouded with things, with opinions. Prayerfully, even though they are saved people and they will give you the word, we don't always know everything. Even with all of our giftings, we can't discern, we might discern a thing, but we don't know every aspect of how it's going to turn out. We just know bits and pieces sometimes. We don't know the full story. Hallelujah. Yes. It may look like fire as Bishop preached a while back. But if you just take time and wait and look at it again, it just may be fog. Everything is not always what it appears to be. We got to be careful to continue to build each other up in our most holy faith in Christ Jesus. Praying in the Holy Ghost, building ourselves up when we're weak. Rejoicing with each other. Praying for each other always. Always. So that this work can go forth with power and might so that God can continue to be glorified in this house so he can continue to draw unto himself. Because it's not for us, it's for him. He allows us to take part, and that's wonderful. How many of you in here had family members or managers on your job or People you knew that allowed you to take part of something so big. And you were just coming in. A babe in Christ, as long as they have the faith the size of a mustard seed, they receive Christ as Lord and Savior. They, too, can plant a seed, and somebody else can water that seed, and God can bring forth a harvest through them. How great is our God? He's worthy to be praised. Brothers and sisters, just continue to know that we need to seek God first in everything we do. This is bigger than us. This walk is bigger than us. Even the act of kindness is bigger than us. Our provisions are bigger than us. Our healing is bigger than us. 
our peace and our joy is bigger than us. We have to remember what Hebrews 11.6 tells us. That God is a reward of those that diligently seek him. We got to eat the word. If we've been slack, we got to repent. If our eyes are a little dim, and, and when we pick up that word, all the words run together, we got to find the right light to help us. There's a light to help us. If we need to go outside in the daytime because that daylight is better than the inside light, even with the light bulb in it, do what you got to do. Seek him first. Don't worry about those that are lost. Continue to be directed by God and know that he has them in his hands. Don't be overly concerned about that thing that you lost. Get in a place of peace and you'll find it. Don't be overly concerned about your children, your loved ones. God's got them. Speak the word over them. Ask God to bring them to themselves. And know that he will. Don't worry about that house payment. Even though you know, oh Lord, I don't know how to, I've never been in this place. Or maybe I've been in this place a lot, but it looks a little different this time. I've trusted you in the past, but today I'm wavering a little bit, Lord. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and it will be added unto you. He's going to give us everything we need. Everything we need. If we stay in him. God, I, I believe that he's just wanted to remind us when we come off the mountain and when the fire is over and we have that question in our mind, what now? Look to him. He's the lifter of our heads. Look to him. He is our shepherd and we shall not want. Look to him in all things. Today, if there's one who's been seeking God for an answer, What do I do next, God? I trust you. You've shown yourself to me over and over again. I know you to be a healer. I know you to be a deliverer. I know you to be one 
with an unconditional love. Who loves me in spite of who I am sometimes. In spite of that character that doesn't quite look like God. Who loves me and has a direction for me. Say for me. As long as I seek him first. Put him first in everything. 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 You might waver for a minute because you weren't expecting to hear that thing. You may waver for five more minutes because that taught my heart, Lord. But when we go forth in sorrow, he will allow joy to come forth. He won't allow you to give up. He'll remind you how important you are. He'll remind you that he created you. He'll remind you that he knows every hair on your head. He'll remind you that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. He'll remind you that you are his child. Today, 